Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. um, This is the last week of our series, um, The Purpose Driven Life. Um, It's been a nice three weeks so far. How many of us have enjoyed this series? Come on. I believe that this series is very important because this is one of those series that I promise you in the next three months, right now you may not even think of anything of it, but in the next two to three months you'll start to think, wow, that series actually really impacted my life. And it will actually pave the way you think through a lot of things. And so we'll see uh, the true effect of it come into full uh, function pretty soon by God's grace. Amen? So... um, my name is David Oluwadara Patusin. I'm a leader here at the Gap Church. I also have the privilege of sharing a word this morning. I'm very, very privileged to close out this series um, and get out of the way so that we can move on to what's next. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. And so, of course, I'm going to start from the very beginning because there's some people that may be joining us for the first time here online or in person or some people that just haven't taken the best notes in the past. <laughs> and so we're going to start off with uh, the what is purpose, the what is purpose, what is the what purpose definition. So I'm going to hope that you guys can complete these statements if you've been taking notes for the past few weeks as I say them, right? All right, purpose is the reason for which something is done uh-huh, or created mercy a plus a plus (laughs) it's the reason for your birth and the reason for your okay that's that's a little bit better okay class participation and then it's the finish before the you guys know that one it's very easy (laughs) well today um if you're taking notes the title of my message is perplexed by purpose perplexed by purpose You see, after three weeks of this series, we've heard um, amazing messages giving us understanding of what exactly purpose is. Um, The first week, what was the title? It's not about you. It's about God, right? We we don't really matter in this situation. We do matter, but at the end of the day, it's more so about what God wants, right? In week two, uh, the sermon was, this can't be it, but we learned about what? Creation purpose, what? Earthly and kingdom purpose. And then last week, um, Lolati preached an amazing word on, of course, purpose is not a destination. It's a So stop looking for the finish line. It's a journey. It's not a destination. And so the thing about this is that many of us, if we're not careful, we'll go and we've gone through every single week of this series. And we've been saying, okay, well, I get that. Mm, that doesn't apply to me. That sort of applies to me. Um, I mean, I have a great job already. I'm already work, working in purpose, so I'm good. Or I'm not about to switch my major. Or I don't see any of this evidences in my life. And if we continue to exempt ourselves from all the, the things that we've heard in the past three weeks, one thing I believe that we can still all relate to is that purpose can be what? Confusing. Purpose can be very confusing. And so that is why... The title of this sermon is Perplexed by Purpose. What does it mean to be perplexed? Perplexed means completely baffled. It's a very nice word. Sounds very educational and smart. Perplexed. (laughs) Completely Completely baffled and very puzzled. Puzzled means unable to understand. Unable to understand. And so I'm going to have us open our scriptures to Luke 1, 13 to 16. Luke 1, 13 to 16. Luke 1, 13 to 16. 
When you're there, say there. Somebody's already there? Wow. Okay. If you're not there, you can look on the screen. So Luke uh, 1, 13 to 16, it says, this is a story that we'll probably all understand. If you don't, I'll explain it. It says, but the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zachariah. God has heard your prayer, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You are to name him John. Verse 14. How glad and happy you will be, and how happy many others will be when he is born. Verse 15. John will be, a great, will be great in the Lord's sight. He must not drink any wine or strong drink. From his very birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. And he will bring back many of the, of the people to Israel, of Israel to the, to the Lord their God. Can we skip to verse 18? Sure, verse 18. There we go. Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know if this is so? I'm an old man, and my wife is also old. Verse 19. The angel responds, I am Gabriel. The angel answered, I stand in the presence of God, who sent me to speak to you and tell you the good news. Verse 20 says, But you have not believed my message, which will come true at the right time. Because you have not believed, you will be unable to speak. You will remain silent until the day my promise to you comes true. Bless the reading of God's word. So a quick summary of this scripture. Many of us do not, if we don't know this scripture, this is the story of John the Baptist. We know John the Baptist, correct? Of his parents. This is how John the Baptist become, like his, his entryway story. And so to give us understanding, John the Baptist's parents, his father was a priest. His mother, um, Elizabeth, they both come from priestly families. So they're, they're serving, they're, they're great. And the scripture says that they both lived good lives in God's sight. They were well off. Um, they were also old, right? And so the thing about this that's so important is that the timing of this, this is the thing about purpose, everyone. You see, what happens is that an angel shows up to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, and tells him, you're going to have a son. The angel is so happy. He's like, oh, you're going to have a son. Everyone's going to be so happy. This is what's going to happen. But what's so funny is that even after everything that the angel is saying, Zechariah's posture and his, his demeanor is almost like, like how, how do I know this is actually true? And we see that the angel's response is almost like, well, you're a, you're a downer. <laughs> you're a downer. You know what? I'm going to make sure that you cannot speak until the baby comes. But when I read this scripture, I know we can take this so many places. We can take this the faith route. We can take this the, you know, believing God for what it is. If he said it, it's going to happen. But I want to take this the purpose route. You see, Zechariah had every single reason to question that whatever the angel said. Imagine, he's 50, to, to some scholars. He's 50, his wife is old. To that point, they probably believe that. You know what? We're not going to have a kid. We're good to go. We're, we're fine. You see, I'm sure that this is a prayer that they've probably prayed many times, and they stopped praying it. They were probably in a position where they were so content with life, content with the fact that they may never have a kid, and they were fine with it. They were cool. Not only that, but the scripture says that his wife wasn't able to have a child. So there must be some health things that are in that. His wife isn't able to have a child. You see, they had a good life. So they were content not just in their creation calling, but in their earthly calling. They were priests. They lived well. That's what it was. But you see, the thing about purpose, everyone, is that purpose can see all of that and say, you know what? There's still something God wants to do. 
there's still something that God wants to do. You see, purpose is not defined by age. It's defined by God's timing. So it doesn't matter if you were 50. You see, it doesn't matter what the health condition is. Purpose is not defined by a health report. You see, when purpose steps in the situation, the impossible becomes possible. So I know what the doctors told your wife, and I know that you're, not a, you're, older, you're older now, but the thing is that if God wants his purpose to come through you, it's going to happen. You see, what's so funny about this is that the angel says, I've heard your prayers. God has heard your prayers. And in my head, I'm like, I'm sure this is probably prayers from like 20 years ago. You see, when it comes to purpose, it remembers every prayer, even many years that you forgot that you prayed. It remembers the prayers that you stopped praying because you thought it was never going to happen. Purpose takes everything that you've experienced in life, every single part of your life, and put it into perspective and say, well, let's see what God can do. I'll go further with another example. I'll use the story of Samuel. You see, I won't go too much into detail about the scripture of everything, but the thing about Samuel that's so interesting is that we all know the story of Samuel. His mother, Hannah, she was barren for such a long time. And finally, she cried in the presence at Shiloh and said, God, you know, if, if you give me a child, I'll give you him. And so Samuel's the firstborn. She gives the child. And now Samuel is being mentored by Eli. He's being mentored by Eli. And what happens is this. And I'll actually read the scripture because I think it's very important. 1 Samuel 3, 1 Samuel 3, 1. 1 Samuel 3, 1. Because I want to I give you guys some context real quick of, of how important this is. 1 Samuel 3, 1. There we go. What does it say? In those days when the boy Samuel was serving the Lord under the direction of Eli, there were very few messages from the Lord and visions from him were quite rare. You see, what happens in the situation of Samuel is that Samuel begins to hear a voice coming within his room. He begins to hear his name being called. And so three times he goes to his mentor, Eli, and says, I keep on hearing my name. And then Eli starts to realize, like, oh, next time just say, yes, Lord, your servant is, this is your servant. And so what is so funny, though, is that it's not necessarily that the Lord was calling Samuel. It's what the Lord told Samuel. You see, the Lord told Samuel, you know what? He told him a prophecy about his mentor, a, a prophecy of destruction. Imagine how perplexed someone like Samuel can be. Why me? You choose me, a young boy, in a time where even the prophet of the city is not hearing words from you, is not hearing a single thing from you. And guess what? Not only do you tell me a prophecy, but you tell me a prophecy about my mentor. You see, purpose, it will mess you up. Purpose will mess you up. And to make things even more uncomfortable, the next day, his mentor says, so tell me, what did God tell you? What did God tell you? You must tell me what God told you. Imagine, <laughs> he decides to speak to, you, to the mentee instead of the mentor. He decides to speak to the youngest of the family instead of the oldest. 
He decides to call the one that failed every class, that had no degrees. That's purpose. He's, purpose chooses the fisherman. Purpose looks and says, you know what? The one I'm looking for is the one that's with the sheep. Purpose chooses the person that runs away. Purpose will leave you perplexed. Another example I want to give to you. It's going to come together. Purpose is it's very perplexing, you know. Everything that comes with purpose is just a lot to deal with. And, and I, want, I want to give you the framework that it's okay to feel this way. Trust me. I want to give us that framework. We're going to go to 1 Kings. We're not going to talk about Elisha. We're going to talk about Elijah. 1 Kings 19, 9 to 18. 1 Kings 19, 9 to 18. We're going to go a little bit into this one a little bit deeper because I want to show you how purpose can be. There's a good side of purpose, but there's also another side of purpose that you have to realize it can, it, it can confuse even when it hurts. It says, therefore, he went into the cave to spend the night. This is Elijah. Suddenly the Lord spoke to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? Verse 10, he answered, Lord God Almighty, I have always served you and you alone. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed all your prophets. I am the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. Verse 11, go out and stand before me on the top of the mountain, the Lord said to him. A voice said to Elijah, what are you doing here again? We'll skip to verse 14. Verse 14, it says, he answered, Lord God Almighty. He says it again. He repeats it. Like he's, he's probably shouting at this point. I have served you, you and you alone. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets. I am the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. Verse 15 says, the Lord said, return to the wilderness near Damascus. Then enter the city and anoint Hazel as king of Syria. Verse 16, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as the king of Israel. And then it says, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from Abel, Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. We'll stop there. You see, purpose will leave you so perplexed that even when you have every reason to throw in the towel and you tell God, he will say, cool, let's go to the next person. You see, we want to accept the good about purpose, but accept the bad about purpose as well. You see, purpose is so interesting. You can tell God, I've served you so well. I've been on every platform. I've done this. I did this. I taught this. I did all of that. God, your people are tiring me out. I'm so scared. I'm so anxious. And God can say, oh, cool. Pass it on then. <laughs> Anoint your replacements. Imagine how Elijah felt. I've just expressed how I felt to you, God. I just told you I've been chased left and right. I'm sorry. I didn't know that there was like 7,000 others that were still serving you. Forgive me on that one. But God, you see, even when it comes to the purpose of God, it overlooks every miracle that happened in your hands. It overlooked all the salvations that came through your ministry. Because at the end of the day, it's not yours, it's God's. You see, everyone has to be a reason, everyone has a reason to be perplexed when it comes to the will of God. 
Every reason that you may use of thinking when it comes to being called, having to pass the baton, or thinking about purpose will make you question everything. And all your questions can make total sense. You're not a fool. You have every reason to feel the way you feel. But we have to continue to understand that God is different. God is different. You see, Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, I love this scripture. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9 says, My thoughts, says the Lord, are not like yours, and my ways are different from yours. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways and thoughts above yours. So our thoughts, our ways, don't even compare to the thought process, the interworkings, the intentionality that God has when it comes to our purpose. Think about the craziest thing when it comes to your purpose. It's still short of what God has. You see, we're in this series called The Purpose Driven Life. And so I want to give you just a few points before we end this uh, on how to live truly the purpose-driven life with everything that's been said. You see, when it comes to being perplexed by purpose, what can help with all of this is number one, let go of your life. Some of you are just like, oh, that's easy. No, no, no. Let go of your life. Let go. Die to yourself. Let go of your life. It's almost like you're driving a car and you just let go of the, take your hands off the wheel. Let go of your life. If you let go of your life, you will be, you, you, you will be removed. I want to give us understanding. If you let go of your life, every attachment that you would have to an assignment will be removed. If you let go of your life, every job that you're assigned to, that you work at, you will realize that it's not the stopping point. If you let go of your life, every per person that you meet, meet, every stage that you're given, every opportunity that you're given, you will not see as the end all be all. Let go of your life. Stop it. Stop. This is not even for control freaks. Let go. If you don't let go, you will face the consequences of what purpose is. Let go of your life. Let go of it. I know you studied so hard. I know that you've been working your, your way up the, the ladder. But if you do not let go, the moment that you're supposed to transition, you will not be able to move. Let go of that ministry. Let go of the mic. Let go of it. God said, you're, 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 you're pouring out on empty. Let go. <laughs> Number two, how to live a purpose-driven life. And this is such a big one. I'm going to come for you on this one. Say yes. Say yes. I remember when, um, I remember when my wife and I were dating. <laughs> you guys are funny. We're dating, we're dating in the, I think it was even before we were dating, we were having a conversation and there was, no, it was when we were dating, yeah. We were having a conversation, and she said something that shook me. She said, we were just having a random conversation, and she was just like, yeah, you know, um, the, the, the thing is that a lot of people have not given, have not said yes to God. And when she said that, 
I thought to myself, have I even said yes to God? I'm on a platform. I'm serving God. I have everything I need. But have I actually even said yes to God? Because here's the thing. When you say yes to God, you're saying yes to his will, his way. You see, many of us think the only yes is just a salvation yes. That's a big yes. But there's a yes where you say, God, take full control. Have my life. Yes, your will. Yes, your way. Many of us, we're saying, yes, your will. No, my way. Oh, I like it. Oh, I get to tour? Bet. Yes, your will. But it has to be my way. Yes, your will. Yes, your way. I'm telling you right now, it will change your life. Because here's the thing. God can paint you the picture, but here's the thing. You're going to have to go through the fire. If it's your way, you will skip past the fire. I'm sorry to let you know you're going to have to get hurt a bit. But if it's your way, you're antisocial. If it's your way, you'll skip every single thing. If it's your way, you'll say no to every speaking engagement just so you can be the person that speaks on the platform where nobody can see you. Yes, your will. Yes, your way. And I'm not about to say, all right, guys, come to the altar if you want to say yes. It's easy to say yes in a congregation. Some of us, we need a yes retreat. I had one of those before. A yes retreat where we just spend three days with God and say, God, I'm saying yes. Your will, your way. I'm telling you, by the, God, by the, time, by the time God shows you everything that you have to go through within your purpose, you will be shaking. When he, when he shows you every single person that may hurt you, when he shows you the good but also the bad. Some of us need a yes retreat, for real. Many of us, we haven't given God our yes. We are on a platform. We have the mic. We have everything working for us. We're reaping the benefits of serving, but we have never said yes. God's poster child, but we've never given him our yes. I have this here. Many of us are catfishing our faith. We are following God. We've said yes to having a relationship. But like I said, we haven't said yes to his will, his way. And number three, I've said this multiple times. I don't know how many times I have to say this every single week, how many series we have to go through a lot day that we have to say this. But obey. <laughs> obey. Obey. Everybody say, Obey. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. You have, your, your, your head is in the Bible reading it every day, but you do not obey him. Obey him. It's, it's, it's a progression. If you let go of your life, you say yes, it will be easy for you to obey. So when God says, move left, move right, you're not so perplexed. That's the reality. We begin to be perplexed when we are so attached to these things. So when God says, if we're able to go through that process of letting go of our life, of saying yes, and just obeying, if God says move, I guess we got to move. If God says break up with him, 
It was good while it lasted. No, you can't have the gifts back. <laughs> if God says, let go of the friendship, girl, I loved it while it was good. I loved the brunch dates. If God says, leave the job, I guess I got to leave the job. If God says, quit the off-site job to go on-site, I love you, house. I love your apartments, but I got to go. There's good and there's a bad. It's going to hurt. But he knows the final picture. And this is why I want us to understand it's a purpose-driven life, not a life that is driven to purpose. I want us to just really understand that when it comes to this series and everything about purpose, God is the container and we fit ourselves into it. We may be a container, but we cannot fit God into our container. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So you're going to have moments in life, guys, where God is going to tell you to do something and you're going to be so confused. You're going to be like, this doesn't make sense. But that's purpose for you. You're going to be told some things. And here's the thing about purpose. Purpose will contradict a lot of what culture says. You're going to be told some things that make no sense. Start the business when you have no money in your bank accounts. But that's purpose. It makes no sense. But to God, it makes sense. His ways are not our ways. His thinking is not the same as our thinking. Let's bow our heads real quick. I just want us to pray right now for these three things. And it's just a short prayer because this is something that I want you guys to do even when you're at home. Is really pray this prayer. God, help me to let go of my life, number one. Help me to say and give you my yes. And number three, help me to obey. Just 30 seconds. Just pray that between you and God. God, help me to let go of my life. I, it's just so hard for me to, to, to let go. I like to be in control of things. God, help me to let go of my life. What is it profit a man to gain the world and to lose his soul? God, I want to say yes. I've said yes to salvation, but God, I want to say yes to purpose. I want to say yes to your will, your way. And God, help me to obey. God, I want to be able to obey you. And even at this moment as we're praying, I want to be able to give this opportunity to anyone that may be in here or that's watching online to be able to give their life to Christ. I said it, your yes matters, but there's a yes that first comes, in the, comes before everything else, and that's the yes to relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this is a life that will not be easy, but with relationship with Jesus Christ, he's the one that can be in control. There may be ups and downs. There may be some good days, some bad days. But the moment you come into relationship with him and, and yield, he becomes your anchor. This is a decision that you might as well make it now. Don't wait. We don't know when rapture will come. We don't know when the trumpet will blow. And we don't want a situation where God will play back this moment where you hollered and it was the purpose-driven series 
and you never thought about giving your life to Christ. And God says, this is your moment. And so I want all of us to say this together, this salvation prayer, but I want those that really want to come into relationship with Jesus Christ to not just say these words, but to mean it with every single part of you, like a conversation with Jesus Christ, because I know he's in this room. So I want us to say this together. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways. We'll say that one more time. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change, to transform into the person that you want me to be. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And I proclaim that you are my God in Jesus' name. I want us to keep our heads down real quick just for those. If you said that prayer and you meant it, I just want you to raise up your hand real quick. If you're online, I want you to text this number saved just very briefly. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you, God, for the gift of salvation. We want to say thank you, Heavenly Father, God, for everyone that's coming into relationship with you, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, this is the first yes that they have to make, Lord. So we pray, Lord, help them. We pray, Almighty Father, God, that the joy of salvation, they will never lose it, Heavenly Father. We pray, God, even in the hard days, you'll be with them. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, even as the old ways may want to creep up, shame may want to creep up on them, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, Lord, you silence their ears to any voice of shame, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, Lord, that from this day on, let them begin to see a transformation in their lives, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we give God some praise real quick? Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.